Does everybody know what time it is? School time! God damn it. <laughs> Welcome back to Grunt Work. Grunto. I left my wallet in Elsa Grunto. I left my wallet in Elsa Grunto. I gotta get it. I got got to get it. It's such poetry in those lyrics. You're really <laughs> opening my eyes to the artistry of rap. Welcome back, Gruntheads, to Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that will still hold the door open for you. That's that's true. That's true. We are the Woke Bay podcast of Home Improvement. <laughs> I am Landon in the stilt of the night, Solano, joined always by my co-host, Truman... Co- oh, God. Oh, what are you calling me there? <laughs> Good. God. I haven't been called that since high school. <laughs> joined always by my co-host, Truman Clown College Magna Cum Laude Caps. <laughs> you know, I don't think I would have done well in clown college because I feel like I would do a much more sort of observational alternative form of clowning. Yeah. I, I'd be I'd be the clown who comes who comes out there at the birthday party and he's got like got his notepad. He's like, uh, so you guys you guys see this on on uh, you see you see this on Twitter? The Harry Potter people said that the wizards would just teleport their own shit away rather than build a toilet. Like, I, and then I'd try and make a balloon animal. I don't you, think I do very well. You seriously are more of a, a stand-up comedian than anything else. But I mean, if if we're talking clown college specifically, I would say yeah, clowns are a little too aggressive for you. Yeah. Um, if anything, I could see you more as a mime. I could be, uh, I could and, think I could really mime pretty well. Yeah, but mostly like sticking to yourself in the corner, trapped in a box, you know, pulling uh, pedals off a daisy checking checking my phone <laughs> except except my miming is so good that it looks like a real phone in my hand that i'm actually scrolling on your prop work is amazing i i know i know it's just i hypnotize my audiences to uh, to see what i want them to see Landon, no you you, no, you, you first no no you no, you, no, you we're being, you're the prettiest we're, well, well, well thank you i am uh we're being more polite in 2019 landon not only happy new year not only merry yes. christmas merry season four Indeed, yes, 2019, we are entering season four. This is, uh, I, I got a little giddy going into this. Uh, it, it felt it felt fresh, it felt yeah, new. Two weeks did. off was exactly what I needed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, after watching the episode... <laughs> uh, you know what, I still, honestly, I still feel warmer and fuzzier. I do, you know, I, I'm very excited to be recording here. Uh, yes. I, I was hoping for a little more of a, a drastic change in the, the show, but we'll get to that in a minute. We have things to cover. Uh, yes. First of all... How was your holidays? My holidays were wonderful. I spent ten days uh, in the in the bosom of my family, by which I mean in my family's condo. It sounds gross, otherwise, in uh, Portland, uh, in the midst of some pretty severe rain. Is that complex called the Oedipus? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the mm, condo complex. The condo complex. No, I know. I was just trying to think of a good joke to go off of it. I guess. And here's my joke. Yes. Just nice. And. Uh, no, it was a good. It was a good time yeah. back in Oregon. I did. Uh, I I I rode public transit a lot. I got rained on a minimal amount, uh, and I ate a Korean pork shoulder sandwich at Lardo on Hawthorne in Portland. Oh, They've wow. also got one downtown near Powell's Books. It's my favorite sandwich. In fact, the best sandwich in the world. Ooh. Uh, I like things with kimchi on them, as evidenced yes. by my diet before every grunt work episode. <laughs> uh, how were your holidays, Landon? Um, I didn't get to eat at my favorite Portland restaurant, and. I in oh, fact, no. I've forgotten what it's called. Oh, wow. Uh, 
wow, that's um, so that's that's two losses. It's on Mississippi. Oh yes, okay. Um, and it's more of a, it's like a diner. It has a wooden interior. Mm, uh, screen oh door? No, no. Uh, I don't remember. But well, welcome back to Port Work, the show all about <laughs> Portland, Oregon, and port wine. You know what? Uh, I'm into it. Let's do it. On a cold night in Portland, some port wine is actually not so bad. <laughs> I left uh, balmy Los Angeles to go to balmy Tampa, Florida. Ah, Tampa. Uh, so I stepped out of the plane and it was exactly the same temperature and weather and everything that it is in los angeles only a little trumpier over there a little, a little trumpier a little roachier <laughs> a little hurricaneier you know one thing now correct me if i'm wrong yeah. is tampa not the home of the uh, salvador dolly museum uh st petersburg is ah, st and i love the the dolly museum uh it's in fact right behind you i have a a, a dolly print from the museum on oh, the wall there hot damn it's yeah. your little salvador dolly corner we didn't do the dolly museum this time but yeah. we did do the chihuly museum Ooh. uh which is really interesting in fact tying it back to the northeast uh united states his shop is in um, uh, Washington somewhere, oh. uh, just on the border there. So it would be the Northwest Washington. Uh, North, Northwest States. is what I meant to say. Yeah, just the opposite of the thing. Your, okay. your area is yeah. the, as I was Where, where are you implying. people from? Where are you Sasquatches <laughs> or birthed? Yes. Um, but anyway, if you're not familiar with Chihuly, uh, I definitely suggest checking out his work. It's uh, really cool, like glass work uh, yes. you know and you, you hear like glass blowing you're like well what you know kind of what kind of nerd does that <laughs> what kind of high school art project you know um well but where do bongs come from fair point where, where do those cool ass pipes that look like two people having sex with the bowl <laughs> like in their backs come from yeah i've been to head shops um it is it honestly blew my mind uh and your glass and it blew my glass blew your it not it blew your glass off <laughs> Um, glass in theater soon so if you're in the st petersburg area i highly suggest checking it out they even have like a little glass blowing demonstration and you know i got you know as uh, someone who likes to dabble in art myself i got a lot of uh new ideas to start experimenting with and um it was a cool experience well that's well that's great that sounds like a hell of a way to celebrate uh, the holiday with some glass blowing yeah, it so, was. So, when in Portland, Lardo, and then after you have your Lardo sandwich, swing on by St. Petersburg, Florida for the Chihuly <laughs> Museum, where you can blow a little glass with your kimchi breath. Yeah, now we just need something in, like, the New York area so that we can, just like the Mitch Hedberg joke, uh, I want to get a map of the United States, but I'm going to have to visit uh, <laughs> the top corners so that I can uh, pin it on the wall. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm cool with the, new, with, with the northeast of the country just flopping off of the wall. They get too much attention. Portland, and, Portland and northern Florida is where it's at <laughs> um but that was our holiday yeah you um, want to let's let's get into some uh home improvement stuff because yeah. we, we have some house cleaning as we go into season four yes there are some big things happening behind the scenes that we need to discuss yes yes okay which of them first well, how do you want do you want to do it random just go pure chaos or do you want to go chronologically what do you want to do here? Uh, life is pure chaos let's go pure chaos pure chaos okay um coming up uh I'm going to go chronologically because it's the only thing that makes okay, sense. Okay, so there was really no choice. That's chaos theory is the illusion of, of, of choice. You have to make order from chaos. Uh, so, or, Which was by disregarding. Why did you even let me choose? I don't know. I'm offended. The second I started talking, I, my brain stopped working. So um, while we were on break, 1994, the middle of it happened. Yes. Uh, so June 1994 happened while we were having our holiday. Wait, OJ? No, not yet. That's next ah, year. That's God. That's... I'm so excited Between for OJ. season four and five. I'm so excited for those two innocent people to die. Why? Okay. Um, another big thing happened, though. Uh, another another big death. Uh, the death of Mustafa. 
Mustafa, the King of Lions. Oh, in the, the Lion, Lion King. King. Lion King happened uh, in June of 1994, which happened uh, just before this season started. So JTT is is red hot. Oh, yes. I'm holding my hands up like it's something that's about to explode, and they're trembling. And yeah, I don't, you're holding it, but I, I'm assuming you have gloves on in that scenario. You're, you're pantomime. You can't pantomime a glove on your hand because it's just your hand. Unless you're a mime as good as me, you can you can do anything. <laughs> that's right. You should pull. Do the the mimic of pulling the gloves on first. There, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that would do, be better. Do mimes make sound effects? <laughs> yeah, this one does. How else are you supposed to get it across? It's so Fair. difficult yeah. if you're just using eyesight. <laughs> the laziest um, mime. So <laughs> that is uh, something big that's happened. Uh, yes. Even before Tim Allen, JTT has his first uh, big movie role. Yes. And that's crazy. Yeah, I know. He The, the star, uh, he's threatening to outshine Tim Allen, <laughs> which is why Tim Allen no doubt got on the phone to his agent and was yeah. like, you get me Toy Story. I don't even know what it is yet. Create a movie <laughs> called Toy Story. Well, um, maybe there is some ring of truth to that. I obviously can't speak to it, but there is a big thing that happens the day that this episode that we just watched premiered. What What, what is that? Tim Allen's book hits all of the bookshelves don't stand too close to, to a, a naked, naked man. Because people, people, after finishing this episode, they see the outtake of Tim bonking his head off the drywall, and they go, "Get me to uh, Borders Books and Music," which probably exists at yeah, this that point. Was, yeah, that was big at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So they they coincided it with the premiere of season four, basically. Yeah, essentially, wow. man. And and uh, so that you know, and now. You know, that was a seminal moment. We've been living in a post-Naked Man world ever yes. since. And, you know, I was expecting this to to come out more toward our uh, mid-season break. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it starts at the beginning, uh, you know, listeners are going to have to, like, deal with the uh, not chronological. And when I say listeners, I really mean me. It's <laughs> my, my hang-up to do things chronologically. <laughs> um, but I started reading the book today. Yes. And I oh will hand gosh. it to you. After I'm done, so that we can do a mid-season uh, discussion of it. I, I would love it. I would love it, man. I welcome this book report. <laughs> uh, so we're going to have two two kind of big uh, mid-season episodes for you guys, because in addition to the book, um, next month, uh, or I guess September, October, November, so in two months after this episode has premiered, uh, the Santa Claus comes out. Oh, man. Oh, God, it's finally time. We've long discussed it. The time that yes. we have to crack open the Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, so now is beginning. Um, all of these extra periphery uh, shows and movies and content that we have to start integrating into the show. The Allen Cinematic Universe began <laughs> to uh, gather steam and, and, and grow. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I welcome it. I mean, the show feels more polished now. I think we probably say that every season. But it feels more <laughs> like, you know, they're, they're trying more and they've got more clout and everything yeah. behind them yeah and more klaus behind and more them klaus too. behind them yes. there is definitely some klaus in this a episode too much if you ask me um one last thing that appears in november this year of 94 and yeah. november just apparently is a huge month for for tim allen and home improvement yeah um home improvement power tool pursuit for super nintendo is oh, released oh is this the year we're gonna play power tool pursuit yep. oh exciting exciting <laughs> uh yeah i love that uh, so that will be interesting. And it's that's, a notoriously awful and extremely difficult game. Which is standing in stark contrast to so many other games that are released as tie-ins with movies and TV shows, <laughs> which are typically some of the best. Uh, yeah, I, I and also it's the game that's sort of teased by Jonathan Taylor Thomas's uh, scenes in our brand new intro. Oh, yes, of course. Well, let's yeah. not get too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Let's... Um, why don't we just dump dump? Let's just take a big dump. Let's just let's just drop trow and just dump this episode out right into your ears. 
Yeah, I apologize, everyone, for that. Uh, I, I apologize to my girlfriend in particular for that. <laughs> Why don't you give us a synopsis of uh, the episode we watched this week? Okay. Well, let me just get back into my uh, my synopsizing. Uh, Hold on. Get my synopsizing legs back. <laughs> Blowing some dust off you. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yes, that was great mime work. I totally understood it. <laughs> When Jill gets laid off from Inside Detroit Magazine, she decides to go back to school for a psychology degree. Tim thinks that this is a terrible idea, and Jill is furious that he isn't more supportive. But when Wilson helps Tim realize that he only opposes the idea because he's scared that Jill will find him boring once she's exposed to a more intellectual social circle, he returns to Jill and gives her his blessing to go get her master's. Meanwhile, on Tool Time, Drywall. Yeah, so that was... It's a pretty... It's a pretty one-plot episode. It's basically just... Tim, 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 trying to decide whether or not he wants to be a good husband. Yep, and oh god, I, I'm I, I'm a little on the fence about getting into it. But uh, before we do, let's play guess that title. Oh yes, ba ba da da. We're just we're just great. We're, we have not one thing that has not happened in in the four seasons of this yeah. show now is we have not gotten better at improvising theme songs no. for our bits. We could try it though. Let's okay, do, let's, let's focus and do one right now. Okay, all right. Ready? Mm -hmm. One. How do you? You're you're the the band guy. How do you count in? Okay. And one and a two and one two three four. It sounds just like a middle school band. Yeah. It honestly it honestly does. I didn't count us off right. Okay. Here's some titles. Now that now that you've heard the theme song, you know that we're in this bit. Yes. Uh. One. Psyched out. Ooh, I like that. Two. Schoolhouse talk. Ooh, I like that. Three. School of hard grunts. It's not good. I hope you don't like it. And a la last one, in reference to a certain uh, English uh, psychedelic rock band and their concept album about how the English school system breeds conformity, Al Nother Brick in the Drywall. <laughs> you know? Uh, I like... How can you I have like any, the commitment to that one. How can you have any pudding if you don't have your grunts, is what I'm saying. Uh, I always thought, for some reason, I always pictured that being John Cleese on the the album it's screaming just, that out any any officious comedic englishman from the 70s is basically doing john kind cleese. of a school marmy voice it just yeah. for whatever reason is john cleese in he, my brain in in the movie the wall he is silly walking when he does that line that really it kind of it honestly kind of takes me out of it a little bit but but i don't know oh okay so, were any of those correct none of them are even close to correct oh that's great um, that's but you good. know what that's not your fault because it's oh, is this a bad one again? It's it's a it's a confounding one. Yeah, it's called "Back in the Saddle Shoes Again." Now, this title requires you to have a little bit of uh, knowledge and understanding of what saddle shoes are, which I do not. You don't. They are if uh, well, if I'm going to paint them out for you, picture the quintessential golf shoe. Okay, it's you know leather usually. Yeah, and it's usually like a, a white shoe that has a kind of darker leather uh almost saddle like thing mm. going over the the bridge yeah. of it yeah yeah um they're very specific looking but yeah. in addition to golf they were worn mostly by schoolgirls. oh okay hence wow. jill going back to school that's that's like a stretch Armstrong reach to get to that. <laughs> I feel like it's a title for my grandparents. Uh, yeah, that's like that's like something from that's like a peanuts gag. That's like or, or or something from like a Sunday comic strip 
exclusively targeted at senior citizens. Let's say something from an email forward with a picture of a, a minion at the bottom of it. I give this very low marks. Uh, agreed. Um, I think Al Another Brick in the Drywall was much more on brand. <laughs> uh, and I just want to mention, um, I want to get in the habit of this. This episode was directed by Andy Cadiff, uh, our good old friend Andy. Okay. Um, and written by Bruce Ferber. Bruce Ferber. Who also wrote Be True to Your Tool, oh. Too Many Cooks, and Dollars and Cents, which were all oh, yeah. fantastic episodes from last yeah. season. And I don't think this episode was bad. I don't either. I just don't think it was great. <laughs> I, I, I the, the fault is mine on this episode because I had such high hopes for such a, a shift in what we were going to be experiencing. You, you built it up a bit, I, I will admit. And I do think it's heading there, but I didn't expect it to go so incrementally like this does set the stage for massive changes oh yes yeah yeah we're certainly we're certainly there i mean i can see i can see all this stuff falling into place it just wasn't as big of a, a shock to the system as i expected it yeah agreed the, the episode didn't i was expecting the episode to start and i would just go like whoa <laughs> well you almost did that during the theme song well i did but i i saw that one coming <laughs> that one we were, that one we were holding hands and crying because we'd finally <laughs> received our blessing among the weeds instead of going yeah. over the cliff we were coming back onto the cliff yeah yeah <laughs> truly truly this show reeled us back up um so uh, what what do you uh, do you have any thoughts about the the general experience of this episode a uh, general experience of this episode i thought that tim was less of an ass in this one than he's been before mm -hmm. i certainly think that he's still very assy but i think that he he got to such a low low in the previous season especially that yeah. yes it's a dick move of him T telling Jill basically don't go to graduate school, but then the fact that he opens up when he opens up to Wilson and, s and reveals to him that it's actual fear that yeah. she's not gonna have time for him anymore that it's that he feels insecure about his intellect, and then when he sits down with Jill later, not only opens up to her about this but admits to her that she's smarter than him and that he's worried that she'll leave him. That humanized him to me in a big way, and I was yeah. like, okay, doesn't make it okay that you're an asshole, but at least this isn't one where you just kind of like. You know, he has to sweat a little bit to get out of this problem, which is yeah. what I like to see more. And that that's, um, yeah, precisely my thing with this, where, like, I think some of the things he says are right up there with some of the worst things he's said on the yeah. show. But um, the the writing, the characters don't seem to be acquiescing to it yeah. as much. Yeah. Jill throws it in his face in a way that was directly from my soul at yeah. one point. I, yeah, seriously. Um, and for that, I was like, okay, I can I can get on board with this of yeah. um, seeing that dynamic of watching him have to work through something. Like mm -hmm. if he's starting in that assholey place and then working himself to a place of vulnerability, I'm all for that. Yeah, definitely. And that's kind of what we got here. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think it's, um, I don't know. I, I hope that they improve on this template. I doubt that they will. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that they at least stay kind of close to it. Uh, well, I am retaining high hopes. Something, something, something. In the sky hopes. In the sky something. Yeah. Is that, I forgot the all of diamonds. the other lyrics other than High Hopes. Really good, you know, Landon, <laughs> take it from a talk singing pro. Uh, you want to know the lyrics before you start talk singing oh, them. Oh, gotcha. Uh, and take it from an Andy Rooney impression pro. You should also really learn more about Andy Rooney's cadence of speech instead of just saying, you know what I like? Because I don't even really know that that was his bit. <laughs> so much as it was... Prompt, you know, putting an idea out there and then going both ways. But on you're it. you're making your own character the way that Dana Carvey made H. Uh, w. his own character. Yes, yes, true, true, and just about as relevant. Also, <laughs> two 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 old uncool men, both of whom have now died. Um, so do let's, we want to jump yeah, in? Yeah. What, uh, hey, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Let's go. Hey. Hey. Oh. Get hey. the car. 
I'm just trying to find another analogy other than deep dive. Yeah. Like, I want to get out of the, the, the scuba and diving and ocean and water uh, metaphors this season. It's been it's been three whole seasons. I think we can do that. Get in the car. Let's go for a ride. Get You know, open the door, get on the floor, everybody walk the dinosaur. So we open on the set of Tool Time. Tool Time. Where Tim and Al are putting up drywall, and they're standing there next to the Grunt Creep, yeah. which has a house built around its name out I, of pieces of drywall. Gotta admit gotta admit a way better progression for the character instead of having the meaty appendages that he yes. had last season uh they've turned the construction um uh, the border kind of uh scaffolding is the word i'm looking for yeah around the the logo into its arms and legs because i think they got letters and complaints that were like this grunt creep with the beefy arms and legs is just too sexy <laughs> It is. We are, conf- we are we are confusing our children. My children watch this show at nine thirty nine 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 nine. I know nothing. Uh, don't do no. Never the mustache. I think that. Uh, <laughs> I think that the uh, yeah. You know, I I, I they probably saw the development of some pretty strange fetishes from the uh, from the meaty grunt creep, and they were like, gotta scale it back. Gotta gotta make him a little asexual. <laughs> Uh, and I think it's a good choice because yes. it's a lot less creepy. Yes, yes, agreed. Um, but we are doing drywall again. They they are basically mimicking this whole segment is a, a, a rehash of a season one or two episode where they were uh, nailing in drywall. Yeah, but this one they are doing um, the wet tape. Yes. And so God help you if you are trying to do a home improvement project and follow along with the show, because you'll learn how to nail up your drywall and you have to wait three years to learn how to wet tape it. And yeah, and they're wet taping using something called a banjo. A wet tape banjo. Which, and I, you know, I got to say, Al, you say the words wet tape banjo out loud and then you think Tim isn't going to run with that. Like, why are you surprised by this? <laughs> um, but, you know, this... <laughs> This little moment was very confusing because as Tim runs with it, he's doing his like really bad air guitar, uh, yeah, thing, air, banjo. air banjo thing. Um, but the the sound that's coming out is just a drum solo. It, it's like <laughs> it's like basically if if you remember the soundtrack to the movie Birdman, uh, it's <laughs> yes. It, but it sounded like they had an actual drum set on stage, like from how splashy the cymbals sound and everything. It's like they actually just had a guy there. <laughs> Playing this solo, watching Tim. I want to, at some point in the future, Klaus's little uh, sound effects Foley station is going to be revealed on the on the show, and it's going to be it's going to be magical. Either that, or there is a full live house band for every episode of Tool Time that almost never gets used. Like Paul Schaefer is sitting there with thirteen <laughs> other dudes, and only the drummer got to play that day. It's, it's the it's the house band, uh, the backing band for uh, Pocket Full of Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they basically just sit there to uh, they, they they basically play when uh, Al has exhausted himself and needs to rest from just being too sexual by the way uh i don't think you and i have ever talked about it on air um but uh richard karn is in the new train video um that is a cover of careless whisper oh yeah where he's playing a saxophone it's like the the concept of the video is uh the lead singer of train uh richard karn and this other guy are all competing for this woman's attention by playing you know a mean sax solo yeah and uh that to me was just all the evidence that we need for uh, a Duke Silver Al Borland mashup. Yeah, no, it's it's only it's just a matter of getting uh, of getting Richard Karn into the same room as Nick Offerman and giving you know putting two saxophones in front of them. Don't even tell them what's going on. Don't even tell them the other person's going to be there. You lock them in a room with the two saxophones. Yes. 
a million chimpanzees and a million typewriters, sooner or later they're going to play careless with. Sooner or later they're going to make a jazz combo of two saxophones and nothing else. Oh, um, so through this whole bit, they are really, really utilizing as many drywall puns as they can. Yes. Uh, he... Tim makes a joke about like if you know like how how they mix their wet wet adhesive or something and all of the various various <laughs> ingredients and he says and you add some gin and some Campari and you've got yourself a Harvey drywall banger that was a good joke yeah, I like I that, that joke. I got a hearty laugh from that <laughs> because Harvey Wallbanger is already a funny name yeah so anything you'd go you really you're letting the drink name do half the the work <laughs> um, and then as they they migrate over back to the drywalls to have a drywall yeah. uh, wet tape challenge yeah the way that they did with the hammers um, uh, I have to, I just have to mention it I mean I wouldn't be me I wouldn't be true and living my true authentic self I want you to be you man if I didn't mention that I was a little miffed that they had covered the calendar with the drywall <laughs> week banner. You know, I want, so I couldn't tell if they're using a new one. I want you to be you, but maybe not this much you. <laughs> I kind of hope that this was the thing that we would leave behind in 2018. This obsession with the calendars. <laughs> oh my god, it's like you've got like a cork board up with yarn stretching between different 3x5 cards speculating about who's on the calendar this month. I, I'm gonna... One of these days... It's like a Dan Brown novel for you. You think if you decode <laughs> it, it all, you're going to figure out where the Mona there Lisa is. There are messages written inside each of the photos. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. You know, you know, you, this, is the, this is the sort of thing that was in, like, John Hinckley's diary after they arrested him. <laughs> like, if you, you know, if you figure out where all, like, if you figure out who it is on the calendar, then Jodie Foster will go out with you or something. God. Honestly, just... but if, if that was all it took, then maybe, then I would probably be as in, into it as well. Well, I was going to show you my box of Catcher in the Rye novels that I've acquired over the <laughs> the years but i'm gonna hold off oh you mean you've got all the novels in the catcher in the rye series you've got catcher in the rye goes to mexico you've got you've got catcher in the rye meets the jetsons catcher in the rye gets to first base (laughs) you've got uh, catcher in the rye goes bananas catcher in the rye two electric boogaloo uh catcher in the rye the revenge catcher in the rye phony baloney and who can forget catcher in the rye babies the prequel um so they go into this drywall challenge and uh it's basically the way that the hammer one went. Um, only this time they they speed it up with a little music. Yeah, well, I was put, waiting for like a little yakety sax to come in. Well, they put dueling banjos they do. in the yes. background, so it, you know, so that's cool. And but yeah, and it's it goes about how you'd expect. Al is taping the drywall very effectively. Tim is not able to get his drywall to stick, even though they're using the same machine. And then, uh, and then they speed up the camera as the banjos start playing faster, and then Tim starts cutting down Al's drywall, and they start taping each other. And honestly, compared to a lot of the jokes I've seen on Tool Time, this was okay. Yeah, I, I, got, right. I got a hearty laugh from it. I was uh, like, fuck it. But watching people sped up doing slapstick comedy, I don't necessarily like it, but I like, I respect it, you know? I... <laughs> You are a better man than me. When I was a kid, I watched that movie, The Gods Must Be Crazy, a lot. And there were, that movie plays, a lot of the comedy and the slapstick in that movie plays on stuff being, people doing a thing and it being sped up really fast. (laughs) I think some of the Pink Panther movies as well. And as a kid, I would watch it and be like, I know they just sped up the film, but I still think that looks funny. I am still a child who sounds like Eugene Levy. The one thing that I can remember that I think might still hold up, although I, I would admit if I, wholly if I'm wrong is uh, Silent Movie, oh, uh, the Mel Brooks movie. Yes, I, yes. I seem to remember a very funny choreographed uh, a scene with uh, Martin uh, Marty Feldman, uh, Bruce 
Bruce? No, who's the guy that just died? Uh, Bruce, Burt Reynolds. Oh, Burt Reynolds. And uh, Dom DeLuise were there, like, sped up a little bit because it's silent film. Uh, yeah. Pies in the face and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, who knows? But uh, we get a drywall tape transition to the brand new opening credits. Bum, 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 bum. I don't know what that was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not only was it unenthusiastic, it was bum, also... Bump it up. <laughs> unceremonious. Uh, what do you think about these new... Th- we don't, It's the same exact song, but it's just yes. a different uh, animation. You know, I thought that... Uh, look... I've been in a desert for three years, and this is an oasis <laughs> that I will be. I will, and I will be dead tired of this oasis in twelve episodes. But right now, yeah, I thought it was great. I like that Tim is Tim is no longer attaching propellers to his house and making it fly. Now Tim is just standing on top of his house, surveying his domain, and he falls off, and then everyone is thrown into chaos trying to save him. While the children. <laughs> just kind of goof around which is more more true to i think what an episode of the show is yeah except for the fact that he demolishes wilson's fence with a remote controlled steamroller yeah but that is well it just blasts a hole in it and also you know he's blasted holes in that fence over the years even if we haven't (laughs) seen it happen he's been out there 12 years 13 it's funny that it's it is true to just i guess the times and maybe what kids are into uh the video game aspect the video games the kids these days but it doesn't particularly feel fitting for the show. Yeah, I I don't know. I think it fits because they're showing each character with kind of something that's relevant to them or what's important to them. I don't know. I mean, uh, call me a purist. I think the Kulk coming out really speaks more to Mark's character than video games. Yeah, you, you think that you think that he just... Well, that's him. If the Kulk... Is our seek if the Kulk is secrets and the Kulk gun is his mind, then the the Kulk spl- is spewing out all over the place. That's him telling every secret that he finds. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess yeah, maybe that is more honest to the show's <laughs> truth. I don't know. I liked it. Well, I mean, I, I'm I'm ha- I for one welcome our new uh, opening credit overlord. What do you say? I, I'm all for change. I'm excited to see what kind of new things I can annoy you with uh, every week with this new theme song. It won't even annoy me because I've got to learn new things about this every week. Like I'm going to be finding details. Uh, I'll start with one. Yeah. Which is um, the at one point uh, they I think it was uh, when Al's on screen or when Richie Karn. Uh, his title's on there. He reaches, <clears throat> it's like uh, shot as if it's on a TV. Yeah. And he reaches out and turns the station or something. Um, the TV itself looks like it's a TV from The Simpsons. Yeah, I yeah I noticed that. Yeah, maybe you think they're trying to go for some of that, uh, like The Simpsons was eating them alive in the ratings or something. So they uh, <laughs> they tried to they tried to match the color palette and the goofy uh, goofy uh, look. I I think it speaks more just to the type of TVs that were around then. Well, or maybe do you think? Or maybe the re- like because it looks all cartoony around them. Maybe this is them signifying, "Hey, the show is becoming a live action cartoon." Ooh, maybe I like that. That could be it. Yeah, that could be it. I think I've done my my analysis for the year yeah. on this. I get it out of the way soon. I like it. That's my contribution to the podcast. I'll just continue making fart <laughs> jokes. <laughs> I have one more note. Um, I said video games. I said The Simpsons. My last note on the theme. Maybe you can help me understand what this means. Uh, it just simply says no. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why I wrote that. I don't know what you were saying no to. Were you saying no to the fact that Richard Karn was the last person to receive a credit, and you're like, this is not fair? Uh, no. Or were you saying no to the idea that that would be disrespectful because putting his name last gives a sense of gravitas, like how they credited Martin Sheen last in the credits for The West Wing? No, not unless it comes with an and before it. Um, and I... Richard Karn. Yeah. <laughs> and introducing Richard Karn. <laughs> 
A uh, little known fact about Richard Karn, you have to introduce his beard every time you introduce him as well. <laughs> Richard Karn's beard and Richard Karn. <laughs> Actually, it's in Richard Karn's beard's contract that it has to get billing before, after, like after Richard After Karn. Richard Karn, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's Richard Karn and Richard Karn's beard. Because <laughs> you need the context of who Richard Karn is before you introduce his beard. And you have, also have to put in there that, that it's BAFTA award winner Richard Karn's beard. <laughs> Which is, of course, the Beard Arts Foundation T Awards. Arts and Film Technology Awards? Television? Television. That would probably be it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, go on. Uh, that's all I got. So I'm, I'm excited to dig into these opening credits uh, as we get into it. Sharpen your shovels, lads, because we're <laughs> going to be digging for a long time. At least I will. Um, we go into the garage as yes. Mark is polishing the hot rod with Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Uh, and that is not a euphemism. No, they are they are legit rubbing down the very shiny, very blue hot rod. Um, and that yeah. is also not a euphemism. No, all, no, it's he, he truly has blue rod. It has nothing to do with sex. Uh, so Tim is uh, Tim is talking about how he thinks that the uh, hot rod needs a new hood ornament, yeah. and he's got a friend who his who's gonna find one and Deke. call him when he's got it. Deke. Yeah. Which, if ever there was a mechanic friend's name, Deke is it. Deke. Uh, Apparently, he's uh, he's dumped his old uh, cheating buddy who who was uh, <laughs> fucking around with Karen. But it probably he probably dumped him for a totally totally like like it would have been a good reason to dump him because he's cheating on your wife's friend. But no, the no he really dumped him because like didn't give him a good enough deal on like antifreeze or some shit <laughs> what yeah right uh what an episode it would be if dave came back and was like uh starting to interfere with uh, marie's marriage oh my god I and mean, he... we haven't seen joe since uh basically when he was introduced yeah joe is the ultimate absent uh, joe is fast becoming the maris or the or the uh n- or the norm's wife vera of this vera, show yeah. like we except we saw him one time but now right. it's just he is a he's never around He's he's uh traveling. He he's a, a traveling meat salesman. Got got a whole lot of cows to go introduce <laughs> yourself to. Well, hey, I mean that gives that gives uh, Eileen a lot of uh, excuses to go hang out with Jill, which is what winds up happening a few scenes from now. Eileen? Eileen? Oh, Marie, got it. Marie. Okay. Oh, wait, no, did I get wrong? Yeah. Eileen is Al's girlfriend. I'm so guys, I don't know if you know about this show. Like, I'm not really good with the boys' names, but now I'm going to expand it to all the women's names because, really, why remember a woman's name? Am I right? Come on, it's just the guys that matter. Uh, and we're moving on to <laughs> welcome to in Groundwork. We're going, we're going hardcore proud boy alt right in 2019. <laughs> we decide why we've been the woke Bay Home Improvement podcast for three seasons. Let's let's take a turn the other direction. Oh, uh, so. Uh, Tim steps inside at the sound of the ringing of the phone. He's thinking that it's his buddy calling him with the hood ornament. Instead, it's Brad's girlfriend, Ashley. Ashley's still around. Yes. Although, maybe, I don't know if she's going to be, uh, ghosted, if the audience is going to be ghosted to Ashley the way that Jennifer, uh, left our lives. It was really cruel that she did that, and I yeah. have not quite forgiven her yet. And I don't know <laughs> if I can really, truly love this new girlfriend as much. Well, we've only met how... her twice. Yeah, I know. And like it was so brief. Yeah, come on, buy us dinner first, Ashley. <laughs> Jesus, what kind of podcast hosts do you think we are? Uh, but so, it's, it's Ashley, and as Brad is walking in the door, Tim says, Oh no, Brad's not here, he's out buying you a big present right now, bye. And hangs up. And then explains to Brad that, well, I need to keep the line clear in case my buddy calls about my hood ornament. Right. Yeah. Uh, apparently, call waiting didn't reach. Uh, I don't think we ever had call waiting, to be honest. Well, this is a house that has an intercom and has, <laughs> up until a moment from now, two incomes. So you'd think that they would have at least multiple <laughs> phone lines. Also, yeah. especially if they have the internet, they would have to have multiple phone lines. 
Randy's yeah. Randy's well, on. That's not necessarily true. I think in the early days when I had the internet, we only had one, and we had to coordinate it. Yeah, but I mean, if Rand, like it takes time to catfish a twenty-seven-year-old woman <laughs> from multiple states away. Fair. Randy can't be tying up the only phone line for all that time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's um, what I think. Okay, fair. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> and that's the way it is. Uh, Jill comes home. Yes, she's pissed. She is. She slams the door so hard that things fall off the wall, which is always a sign that things aren't good. <laughs> um, yeah, she was expecting a big promotion at work, but instead she got what. What some would say is the opposite of a promotion. What's that? Uh, that is getting laid off. Ooh. Uh, she, yeah, she's doesn't really explain why. I mean, I guess the publishing industry is very, uh, very competitive, and you know, journalism is dying. Even then, maybe who knows? Maybe that Detroit isn't a big <clears throat> enough media market for her to have a full time job. But they just—I mean, she was just a researcher, so they just don't need uh, fact checking anymore. Yeah, they're, they're going. Yeah, they're going with with alternative facts, fake news. Yeah, Let's just exactly. keep making it modern. It started back then. Um, but she says, "I got two weeks of severance and a cake, as if that cake would make me feel any better." And Mark, or, or no, Brad has followed her into the house and goes, "Well, did you bring it home?" And then Tim comes up behind him and goes, "Did it have nuts on it?" <laughs> Which I liked. I liked. I liked. Uh, uh, I liked Tim yes ending off of uh, off <laughs> of Brad's Brad, yeah. bit, and um, and she reveals that it was a what triple triple fudge triple chocolate fudge cake. Uh, you know what, man? If I got fired, I'd be okay with that cake. I don't eat a lot of cake. <laughs> I mean, most people don't get any cake. I know. I mean, in this economy, this that's really what the thing about that's what marks this episode is that you'd get a cake back then. Now, <laughs> now your boss. Expects you to come up and thank him for uh, being... Yeah, for, right. yeah, th- thank you, sir, for doing the best for the shareholders. I respect this. <laughs> um, yeah, you don't even get a cake these days. But she also it, it admits that she ate the entire cake on the way home because she yeah. was so depressed. Uh, but she also mentions that uh, the young blonde who doesn't do anything at work didn't lose her job. Yes. And that was frustrating. Yes. And what, but she says... Well, Tim says, "Oh, the really good-looking one." And she says, "Yeah, the the blonde from the blonde with who went to Harvard and has a uh, couple of Ph double Ds." And <laughs> now I'm gonna say, I mean, yes. So maybe, and also I think they've referenced the fact that there is an attractive blonde coworker of hers with big boobs before. Like I remember, like in the previous season, this coming up. Because that's what I really pay attention to on this show, I guess, <laughs> is the imaginary sexy ladies. Uh, but she, I gotta say, like, yes, maybe maybe it was because she was attractive that she didn't get laid off. But also, she went to Harvard. Yeah. I mean, so there's a case to be made that she is more qualified than you, Jill. Well, and is she also a researcher? I mean, how do we know that they're vying for the same position? Yeah, maybe, she, maybe she's the editor of the magazine, and that's why she didn't get laid off. Maybe she's the one who laid Jill off. You know, why are we being so hard on Jill? She needs our sensitivity right now yeah true true and unexpectedly she gets some of that from tim as well because he says to her at one point like he says hey you want a shoulder to cry on pick one and he puts out his arms yeah. and she gives him a hug and he's holding her and and just listening to her talk about how sad she is yeah and i write down wow tim is being a great guy in this new season and then the phone starts to ring <laughs> i had a note even a little bit before that where uh what was frustrating to me was that as she's spilling the story She's making them dinner. Yes. Also true. Yeah, that she right away just goes right into work. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Why wouldn't she just, like, go sit down on the couch? Well, I mean, I, I'm not criticizing Jill for this, but, like, yeah. Tim, come on. Yeah. Well, I, but she does pull a beer out of the fridge, though, so she's earned that one, at least. <laughs> Fair. It's, it is always beer o'clock. Um, but the phone does ring. Tim yeah. inches his way over while hugging Jill and answers the phone to her dismay. Yeah. And it is Deke with the hood ornament. 
And yeah, and so he takes this call and I get, you know, tries to arrange for receiving the hood or is it like, oh, call me when you got it, whatever. And Jill is basically pissed at Tim that uh, when he has been comforting her, he like, because he tries to weasel out and be like, oh, it might be one of the kids. One of the kids might be sick. Well, the kids are all at home. <laughs> well, but most accidents happen at home. But yeah, so Jill goes upstairs angry at Tim for elevating his hood ornament over her career. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily against, against it at this point. I mean, answering the phone yeah, is honestly, like, it's not a... Yeah, that's that's kind of out of line for her to expect the entire business of the house to stop yeah. just because that happened. It's exactly. totally possible for Tim to get on the phone for what a minute. What if it was her, her business and say, yeah. you know, or someone from work? We made know, a mistake. We made a mistake or, you know, yeah. expressing condolences or, hey, that sucks, but you know what? I know someone that might be able to put you in at this other place. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of reasons to answer the phone. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Hey, this is a pizza place. We got a pizza to deliver to you. Free of charge. Is that is that happen a lot? Is that how it works? I, do people get cakes when they get fired? I don't know. Maybe I, someone I, at work is like, you know she, what? She just had a cake. Let me just get her some a different type of pie. Because she just had because she just had a whole cake. Of course, the the predictive <laughs> pizza service isn't going to be calling you. that that what you're positing is a minority report type pizza delivery situation <laughs> where some telepathic dude in a tub full of milk goes like, oh, someone wants a pizza in Detroit. <laughs> Start calling houses. Listen, I need to put this out in the universe so that <laughs> the reality will become real. This is like my idea for the pizza place where you can throw the crusts on the ground like at a, like peanut shells at a Texas barbecue. That is blasphemous, and I will not support that. No, ever. it's actually a much better... Literally no one I know thinks this is a good idea, but I know it's brilliant. Here's a better idea. You, instead of just eating until you get to the crust and then tossing it, cut the crust off to begin with. Set it aside and give them to somebody else as breadsticks, i.e. me. Okay. I'll, I'll eat them. I like the crust. I eat the crust. I know lots of people who don't. And also, you have a restaurant where you can throw the crust on the ground. Ergo, you can you have a, a carte blanche to make the shittiest, worst crust in the world. It doesn't matter. But that extends to the whole pizza, then. You don't want—the crust doesn't just at the end. It's underneath all the, the things. Landon— you can't have a shitty crust and a, a decent uh, foundation. Landon, it's not about great pizza. It's about freedom. It's a, it's it's about freedom. <laughs> this is America, yeah. damn it. I can, listen, listen. Why should Texas barbecues and their fucking peanut shells? Why should they have the monopoly on throwing unwanted bits of food on the ground? No. Because peanut shells aren't edible. Ask raccoons. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So anyway, this has been my TED Talk. Uh, you can please put your, your investment checks in this little shoebox. Uh, so the next day, uh, Jill and uh, Marie are chilling out in the kitchen yeah. in the morning, having some waffles. Yeah. Waffles and girl talk. And Marie seems like a pretty damn good friend, and nice yeah. to have her in such close proximity. My impression of this scene was that um, maybe Marie called in the morning for whatever fucking reason Jill said... Uh, you know, hey, uh, I lost my job. And Marie just comes over to, like, support and take care of her. Like, yeah. hey, let me let me make you some breakfast. Let me make you some coffee. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll get it out of your system. Have some waffles and yeah. and, and, and cure all wounds. Because yeah. she is making Jill coffee uh, as Jill's just kind of lounging at the kitchen table while Marie's kind of moving about the kitchen. I'm like, oh, that's a damn good friend. Yeah, I really like I really like their, their relationship. Like, I'm glad that, that uh, Joe is out of the picture so much that she needs this human <laughs> contact. Uh yeah, and you know she tells Irene. Uh, Irene, I'm sorry. In all my notes, it's Irene. So get ready to hear that happen a few. Well, more it's times. not even Irene. It's Eileen. Okay, look, <laughs> it's been two weeks off. It's a new year, new me, and the new me, much like the old me, doesn't remember anyone's name. Uh, so 
I, Marie, she tells Marie that she's thinking of going to school to become a therapist because she mm. always liked psychology in, uh, in, in high school, well, in college. She's a little trepidatious about, um, you know, being forthcoming about this. Too. Yeah. She kind of tiptoes around and gives us a long preface and goes yeah. into this whole thing. Like, maybe people don't, and maybe it's a crazy idea, but I know I'm not the only person. Maybe I'm a little old for it. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. What do you think? And mm. she's like, hmm, I'm 50-50 on it, but uh, what's... What's the idea? What do you want to do? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Jill doesn't even want to come out with it. She's like yeah. that nervous about it. And I thought that was kind of an interesting. That really was endearing to me. Yeah, and and you know, and also true to kind of what we were speculating that that Marie is so open about being in therapy. Mm-hmm. When Jill brings it up, Marie uh, says like, "Well, someone's been in therapy for most of my life. I think it's a great idea." <laughs> so, and I blame my mother. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, really, like, I think we're first speculating, like, the reason that Marie is talking about this is maybe to kind of plant those seeds yeah. for this becoming a part of the show as it goes on. Is Marie Jill's guardian angel? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, you know, Jill, we're leading up to a point where Jill says she wishes she'd never been born, and then Marie <laughs> jumps into the river. Uh, yeah, you know, every time, every time Tim grunts, an angel gets its wings. Which means there are, what, uh, like 700 or so angels out there right now? Hey, man. Yeah. Uh, that's, I'll take a few of those. We, we, hey, man, the world right now, we need some angels. Am I right? <laughs> that's that's the name of my new country album. Uh, the world right now, we need some angels. I love it. Yeah. Um, it's a long title. My producer didn't like it much. But, you know, sometimes I feel like it really just speaks to what's in my heart. And that's why my music is so popular. <laughs> Uh, so we get a very... Do you have anything else with that scene? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, more, you mean more for the, the scene where I'm like, I guess, a country music star? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. A, you know, I, I had some other bits. I could go on like a, a, like a joke about a guest spot on Nashville, but I don't know yeah. if they really do that. Were your I, dark days, like, did they... What were your lowest lows? Oh, man. You know, it was probably... It was probably when the events of A Star Is Born happened, and I guess I was Bradley Cooper. I haven't seen A Star Is Born, <laughs> but I imagine some bad shit happened. You had two weeks to see it. It was when... It was when the events of Crazy Heart happened. And, okay, you know, gotcha. I had this thing with Maggie Gyllenhaal, but uh-huh. then I lost her son in a mall. Ooh. Spoiler alert for Crazy Heart. So you went more alcoholic than like Crazy Coke and uh, yeah, Man in Black I, style. Yeah, I feel like that's my that's more my jazz. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, so no, I have nothing else about that scene. Let's okay. please continue. We get a uh, very jarring watermelon transition. Oh, I God. didn't even know what it was. A watermelon flies in and explodes <laughs> like a bomb. <laughs> um, because Brad is eating watermelon at the kitchen counter while Jill is making dinner again. Just constantly, constantly. <laughs> the work never ends for her. Um, and I want to go into the scene, uh, but I have a detail I want to uh, bring up. But uh, let, let's talk a little about the story before I go into it. Okay. So okay. what what happens here? So uh, so he is, he is sitting there eating his watermelon. He starts reading, I guess, this course catalog that Jill has lying out and asks yeah. her what it is. And Jill starts explaining that she wants to go back to school for psychology. Yeah. And he first says, well, aren't you – like he says – wait – she says, oh, I'm trying to pick out colleges. And he says, Brad says, well, aren't, aren't I a little young for you to be picking out colleges for me? And she says, well, it's actually for me. And he says, well, aren't you way old to be going back to school? And um, Why didn't she just take it and smack him upside the head with it? I don't I, know. Exactly. I, I don't want to get too serious. You know, real world cycle analysis on this. But um, if I were the parent in that situation, I would absolutely begin to see Tim's influence on the kids and go, let's have a talk. You know, yeah. it's, watch how you're, you're talking to me. Kid. Yeah, you're disrespecting me. This yeah. is something that's important to me and it's going to affect you in a big way. Yeah. So, you know, let's let's have a conversation about it mm-hmm. and not just let him be uh tim jr yeah exactly i think that's i think that's a very good point tim jr is the name of the young sheldon spinoff of this show <laughs> uh so 
so she um so she's talking to him about that and then tim comes in and she starts sharing this with tim that she wants to go back to school for psychology yeah wants to work with families have to take some undergrad courses first and tim is like, not... that's gonna take forever and yeah yeah, yeah he says, and he says how, like, he says at one point do you want me to get to when he says how much will it cost how much is it gonna cost that yeah. that was like the oof and it... It's a good question, but not the it way is. he asked not it. Not the way he asked it. And this is where I, a good example of where my resolution for this show needs to kick in. Mm-hmm. Because for me, that it's such a knee-jerk moment. But I'm certain that I've had similar moments in my life where there's good intentions for a question that I'm asking. Yeah. But it's the wrong moment. Sure. And maybe the wrong tone in yeah. which to ask. And so I can't fault Tim for asking a question that anybody would have. Yeah. Uh, but it does very much come out as a, a non-supportive thing here, which is obviously the intention. And she counters beautifully with how much did the hot rod cost? Yeah. And he goes, well, it's not about the cost. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so she, you know, she is saying how, you know, look, when you decided you wanted to quit selling tools and make a TV show, that was some, because you were making a change in your life and that yeah. was what you wanted to do. And I was supportive of you then. And he says, well, I'd be more supportive of you if what you were doing made sense. Why don't you go to trade school? You could learn how to be a lathe operator or a forklift driver or whatever. And it's like, at this point, Tim has basically become every meme on, like, like every micro meme or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or really, or any Tim Allen meme for that for that matter, which is, which is just like, you know what young people need today? Trade schools and only trade schools. <laughs> you got a problem? Trade school. You cut your finger, rub a trade school on it. Global warming? <laughs> trade schools. Just like, it, the trade school is this, this solution to every problem that would yeah, fix our society right. completely. And not that there's anything wrong with trade schools, no, but I'm it is about it. such a... a, a I don't know. I mean, it's, it's very fitting for the character, I think. Hey, you cold at night? Snuggle up next to a trade school. <laughs> you hungry? Why not saute a trade school with some Brussels sprouts and a little white wine? Uh, as someone that's uh, in a position of transition, in his position of transition? Oh, wow. That's, that's, uh... that's a Lin-Manuel Miranda over here, guys. <laughs> Take a seat. My God. Um, yeah, you, you went the country route. I went the, the Broadway hip-hop route. Yes. Um, the, uh, both, both routes <laughs> destined for disaster for us, I think. <laughs> Uh, you know, considering a trade school isn't completely out of my purview at the moment, so that's you know, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a bad suggestion. Yeah, okay, Just so thanks. Wrong moment again. Yeah, again, not not the right not the right thing. Well, for... and also, yeah, completely not listening to uh, Jill's interests or whatever, yeah. suggesting trade schools for lathe operators. Yeah, <laughs> and other construction positions and this leads jill to get angry and she eventually says like i'm trying to have a serious conversation you keep throwing out stupid suggestions why not just tell me to go to clown college and tim (laughs) says well you wouldn't get in you're not funny and your feet are too small like and when jill says this when she like she's actually kind of yelling at tim she's actually pissed at him and he says that and he walks away and she actually flings a spoonful of mashed potatoes at him yeah and that goes into a weird transition where it's a potato pie well, it smash it just smashes it's into the screen like, almost like it's a a, a cream pie hitting yes. the screen yes. like a big pie fight yeah and then and then it gets wiped away and you see a clown Ooh. peeking into the frame from, from upside down yeah upside down the oh, worst place for a clown to be terrifying upside down clowns um and before we go on to the next scene i do want to point out um just a really really nice touch from the production crew yeah um they're in one of the shots where we're looking at jill we see a little bit more of the the kitchen than we normally do. Yeah. Off to the left side of the garage door. Yeah. And what was put there was a little art station. Yeah. With like a bunch of uh, paint brushes and, and like artistic uh, paints and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh man, that's like 
uh, it's a nice little touch to to add to Jill's character there. Like that she's thinking of what she liked to do and blah blah blah. I don't know if they got that deep with it, but you know, I, I like that there's something there that is uh, building out the character background. It's Jill's corner. <laughs> it really is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we get this uh, awful uncanny valley uh, transition, unclowny valley, <laughs> into it, tool time. Yes, and it's drywall again. It's more drywall. It is like <laughs> watching paint drywall. Uh, yeah. So Al is debuting his drywalling stilts. Yes, because who needs a ladder, guys? Just wear some weird stilts. Now here's the question. I'm starting to wonder. Um, uh, in fact, before we go into the scene. I want to premiere a whole new segment on this show. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Yes. Here we go. Um, so you remember back to season one and two, we yeah. had a little uh, little corner yes. on this show There's dedicated a, to a little uh, little a, character. A little lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you might all remember Pam's Corner if you've been with us uh, oh. since the beginning. Who could forget? Um, while we're not going to reinstate Pam's Corner, we are going to repurpose it. Yes, we're going to re- we've renovated it. We've put up some new drywall. <laughs> we have. And guess what? We put some wallpaper over the the drywall that is plaid. Yes, because we are doing the same gag from like season 2 where they make Al into <laughs> a chameleon. That is what the corner looks like. Yes, it is it is this... a, Yeah, it's two walls with with plaid wallpaper and a tool belt that stretches all the way along them. <laughs> yep, that's right. We are introducing Carn Corner, the Carner, if you will. <laughs> Uh, we have a friend named Carner. We, we do actually. Maybe we should probably check with him before we keep using that name. <laughs> Guys, don't buy any merchandise yet. Yeah. Uh, so welcome to Carn Corner, where we are going to be, um, uh, whenever possible, reading you questions that we posed to Richard Carn. And on Twitter, reading uh, his responses to you guys. Yeah, uh, I'm very, very excited, and we're going to fill in the gaps with some trivia the way that we did with uh, um, Pamela, Pamela Anderson, Anderson back yeah. in the day in the the weeks that we you know don't get a, a question from him. But yeah, um, we have our first question, which we oh, posed uh, in our super spectacular. Yes, and the question was, um, did you did you Richard Carn uh, keep any props or set pieces from the show after it ended? Yeah, and what did he say? He did. He kept his tool belt. Oh, very nice. That's short of Hattie. That's the best thing you could keep. It absolutely is. Because you can put it in the closet. You can always see it. And it's useful. It holds up your pants and all of your tools. <laughs> well, it depends how many tools are in the belt. Then it might not hold your pants up. Well, you know, I think I feel like I feel like Richard Carn has worn the belt enough that he knows what the sweet spot is. <laughs> uh, that's fair. So, yes, he said, yes, I kept my tool belts. And um, that that is his answer. I wish it was a little more robust but you know well you get, there's there's character limits twitter being what it is hey hey you know we can ask him on live journal if we want a bigger if we want a bigger story uh well that man that's okay well that's good i look forward to future uh uh carn corners yeah. because i feel like that's an endless font of interesting information absolutely i personally look forward to finding out some exciting stories from his time as an apartment handyman <laughs> um so here we go into our outro music for carn's corner <laughs> okay anyway uh so we yeah so in this scene it's just yep. basically them putting up drywall al has stilts 
Tim oh, Davies. So this is this is gonna be my question. Oh yeah. Um, I had a friend like this. Uh, I still have a friend like this. He's still one of my best friends. So yeah. I don't know why I talked about him in past tense, but I'm going to uh, just continue with this bit, which is he was someone who was kind of a handyman, a kind of uh, tr- jack of all trades, mm-hmm. and he earned this reputation as somebody who always had the thing that you were looking for in his yeah. trunk. Yeah. Like I remember one time we were in an improv group together and uh, someone asked him if he had a bone saw. Yeah. And he, for some reason had one in his trunk. Oh my God. <laughs> so Richard Karn kind of strikes me as that uh, type of person. Do you think these stilts were actually his from his uh, home improvement days? I could see that. I could see that, <laughs> that being something that he had on hand. Like just, he's yeah. got a huge trunk to his car. That's full of, or, or the tool belt just has yeah. everything in it. It's like a bag of holding. Or even if it's, uh, they weren't exactly his stilts. I could see him in the writer's room saying, you know, coming up with ideas for tool time segments and saying, you know, I've got these that I could, you know, and then having the, the you know, why don't we build a segment around, you know, yeah. drywall stilts yeah. and um, the production crew. So it could be his idea. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I yeah. just It struck me as something that is very Richard Karn-esque. Yes. Very uh, carnival, if you will. <laughs> Carnival-esque. So after Tim introduces Al and Al demonstrates how to, um, they were called 48-inch stilts so that yeah. you can apply drywall to your ceiling. Yeah. Uh, which is something I was, I've always been curious about of how, like, I understand how drywall works. I've never seen it applied to ceilings before. And Whoa, like, like where do ceilings come from? How do you get a flat ceiling? Yeah. Uh, now I know. This show answers so many of our questions about ceiling technology. Popcorn ceilings, <laughs> drywall on ceilings. Yeah. Um, we free, know, you got to do the drywall in. before you do the popcorn. <laughs> True. <laughs> but if you don't, it's just snowing indoors. It yes. just, it, then it just all builds up. And then you have a popcorn floor, basically. <laughs> um, but then Tim says, you know, of course, he has to more power stilts. Yes. Um, I don't know how you get that idea, but Tim does. Yes. And so he he gets on his own pair of stilts and saying like, well, what if you need to put drywall on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel? Guys hoist the, because they have fake ceilings hanging down for them to work yeah. with. And so guys hoist it up to the Sistine Chapel level and they hoist it another six inches. <laughs> you know, so Tim may be not a guy who's been to the Vatican a lot. <laughs> not that I have either. Maybe the Vatican it, ceilings are only six inches higher than yours. And maybe there's popcorn underneath those frescoes. Um, but they... <laughs> so yeah al had a really great line of like I, for some reason uh tim i don't think you're going to be the first person they would contract to <laughs> to touch up the sistine chapel there would have to be real cost cutting at the vatican <laughs> before they're calling on tim uh so i just imagine what was that uh oh god the the name of the painting that got uh really uh fucked up from uh that person trying to restore oh it. with the with the fake face on <laughs> i don't know the name of that thing but that is what they would all look like yes or knowing tim he would just paint his face on all the muscular oh gods god you're Right, yeah, 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 it would be that. And put Al's face on all the women. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, he he shows, oh, now I can, you know, I can punch in the, the new height and I can get even higher on these things. And so sure enough, it lifts him up like to Al's height. And he says, now I can, if I want to even go lower to do a sub-basement, I just push this button. And he pushes another button. And it shoots him upward. It <laughs> smashes his, him upward through the drywall overhead. I'm not going to lie. It, it made me feel a little good inside. It was funny. It was funny. <laughs> And I don't even know. I mean, it wasn't even. I didn't find it super funny so much as like I wanted to see Tim smash his head. Yeah. a little bit. Uh, yeah, and then we get a drywall transition. Yeah. He called them uh, pneumatic drywall stilts. Oh, uh, which I thought was interesting because uh, Johnny Mnemonic comes out a few years after this. I'm like, oh, maybe maybe you can hack those stilts. I, maybe Johnny Mnemonic is in them and was hacked. And I I think. 
I can construct sentences. He, he, he was made of pure hacked of them. <laughs> uh, uh, no, Richard Carn or I mean Al. I think Al hacked them. He had his little. Oh. He had his little Windows ninety five or Windows whatever. Mm. Uh, what Windows ninety three and used it to. Not to go on a tangent, but yeah. um, <clears throat> who do you think would be quicker to adapt to technology? Uh, Al Borland or Tim Taylor? Al, without question. Tim Tim has no taste for computers whatsoever. I'm, like, I cannot see him. Like, my dad is kind of like the Tim Taylor of, like, high-tech stuff. He's always... <laughs> We were, we were like, one of the first 100 people in the world to be on Netflix. Like, he read about it in Wired or whatever. He's wow. like, God, they'll, they'll send you... We weren't, like, the first 100. But it was like, oh, they'll send you a movie in the mail. We gotta try it. It's so cool. Like, <laughs> you're waving your hands in the air, and I just see him, like, walking, like, running into the room, like, guys, it's a family meeting. <laughs> Good news, everyone. Uh, yeah, that, I, uh, so... So if that is what, like, that's kind of what my dad was. Yeah. I don't see Tim being like that. No, true, but he also, he did do that color picker um, uh, yeah. in season two. He did, he did, but that's because that was a Binford product with, with an application for painting things. He was able to figure out how to use Jill's uh, 8D or uh, uh, cosmetic surgery software true true he was but you wanted to assume that's very consumer friendly and they do have computers in the house yeah one in including one in the boys room but okay there's lots of things in that ha- they also have opera pictures in that house <laughs> that tim has nothing to do with fair fair yeah okay um so anyway so he smashes through there yeah. all of that uh next scene is tim coming home uh brad asks tim comes in with flowers brad asks him how was the show he says it was through the roof uh and then it was a groaner uh, it was you know at least they at least he acknowledged that it happened and it, it, he didn't have a bandage on so i guess he didn't have to go to the hospital i guess uh, we're we're in full cartoon land now yeah and so he's got flowers for jill he talks mm-hmm. and and randy who he's talking to i said brad but it's actually yeah. randy big surprise and i think it's it really to me i could be reading into this felt like they wanted to give randy his own scene yeah uh, because of the the new stardom that he yeah. has yeah just yeah just give Sing him more time he's yeah the first build of the boys right uh but so you know he talks about how he goes to this florist all the time and randy says he should be on their frequent flower program <laughs> Uh, and then Jill comes in, uh, and Tim has the flowers hidden behind his back and says, guess what I got for you? And to a D, Jill, uh, I didn't write down the exact bouquet, but uh, she's like like, seven roses, eight daisies, two pieces of baby's breath and, and these and that. And like to, to a T nails exactly what it is. And Marie's like, well, how'd you guess that? And he's like, well, I've gotten it 27 times now. (laughs) It's the Tim, uh, it's the Tim Taylor foot and mouth special or something for 27.99. Foot in the mouth. Foot in the mouth special. Foot in the mouth is a a disease. That's not something you want to get flowers for. You know, leave it to Tim to introduce a disease that completely devastates America's (laughs) livestock. Uh, yeah. So Tim, uh, you know, I guess gives it to her or something. He still gives gives her the thing or tries to give it to her, but then he also mentions the florist and says, "Oh, yeah. like yeah, his son went to whatever trade school and has a job making this much as a forklift, whatever." <laughs> so it's like, Tim, you got her this gift to apologize, but then you're yeah. maintaining the thing that you keep. You're you're doing more of the thing that pissed her off in the first place. Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's you know, Jill kind of draws that out though. I mean, mm-hmm. says like, "Look, I would accept these flowers if they were." as a show of support for what I'm doing. And you accepted that and that's what you got them for. But if you're getting yeah. them just to not feel sad and not to feel bad anymore, yeah. then, you know, I, I don't, they don't mean anything to me. Yeah, exactly. And so 
you know, it doesn't really, um, yeah, it doesn't really go very well for no. Tim. He, uh, so he, he leaves and we get a, we get a flower transition. Yeah. Where it's just like a flower petal comes into screen and there's a bunch of gunshots and all the petals. It was very aggressive for flowers. And then once all the petals have come off the central thing, it just falls down. It's just <laughs> like a huge explosion. It's a violent episode for flowers. It really is. Yeah. Uh, and then we go outside to Wilson where, um, Tim starts, uh, well, he asks him if he wants a bouquet of flowers. Yeah. He tries to upsell it for yeah, 35 it, instead of 27. And Tim goes, uh, or like Wilson turns and he says, oh, but isn't that the $27 Tim Allen foot in my mouth special? Tim Taylor. Tim Allen. Who is anybody's name on this show? I, I guarantee you by the end of the season, I'll be like, yeah, it's the Ted Danson special. <laughs> Well, I mean, the Tim Allen foot in the mouth special actually sounds like one of his stand-up specials. Honestly, that is probably that is probably his original title for "Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man." Oh uh, my goodness! Um, and but this is kind of an interesting scene that uh, with Wilson that I'm a little conflicted about. I mean, for one thing, Wilson doesn't give advice really. I mean, at least not ancient philosophical advice no he, he basically just tells tim that he's kind of being a dick but then like a good therapist lets tim come to the conclusion himself yeah but the conclusion he comes to while ultimately good uh, seems a little posturing in this moment because he's like you know he expresses you know if she goes back she's going to be consorting with um all of the elite people that people yeah. are smarter than him uh they use big words and blah 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 to make you feel dumb and i'm like do you, do you know who you're talking to? You're talking, yeah. You're talking to Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> he uses big words all the time, bro. You know, that's interesting. And also, if you're worried that Jill being exposed to intellectuals is going to make her like you less, she hangs, like, Wilson's in the backyard all the time. She knows Wilson. <laughs> yeah, right. You'd think if she liked intellectuals so much, she'd be talking to Wilson, wouldn't she? Right. Yeah. I, you know, the most interesting thing that I thought about this was that Wilson is just grilling some steaks on his grill. <laughs> They're not, it's not leaves, it's not yeah. crickets, it's not roadkill. But you don't know what, it could be venison, it could yeah. be uh, some sort of weird, uh, weird animal. Yeah, they, they're, yeah, they could be raccoon steaks, they could be dog steaks. <laughs> well, Tim, it's called the impossible steak, it's made from bean sprouts. <laughs> um, but anyway, the, the conclusion that Tim comes to at the end of this is, uh, you know, yeah, you're right, you know, why would she go date somebody else when she has a, a V8? right here at home yeah and like, yeah so he kind of comes to this i'm you know i'm i'm the shit conclusion yeah. so um and i said it's a it feels like maybe it's just a little posturing between two guys yeah um, but still it, it didn't sit super well but I, for the end that it gets to I, i'm fine with it i really i just really like tim openly owning up to the fact that his wife is smarter than him mm -hmm. and that he he doesn't like school she does like it and that he's scared yeah like that it th that just amount of vulnerability that he shows there and just uh, maybe just makes me happy knowing that tim is scared and insecure <laughs> because it helps to excuse his other actions which probably it shouldn't excuse them but just knowing like oh the bravado is to cover up for the fact that he's very scared inside yeah right it makes it a little easier to forgive him saying that his wife couldn't even get into clown college <laughs> right well and then let's go through the rest of this episode pretty quickly here because uh, there's not much left he goes back inside and we get the best line of the uh the episode i think we both are thinking this you should say it you've earned it <laughs> so he comes in and hands her the flowers again and he says you know if your dream is to work with nuts, then you should go back to the world of macadamia. <laughs> See, and Wilson did say to him she wants to return to the world of academia, but this isn't like this this isn't Tim just regurgitating the advice badly. This just feels like Tim actually doing some good work, yeah, which agreed. I kinda like. Yeah. Um so I don't know that he fully apologizes here, but he definitely like expresses his support 
for yeah. her. Um, which, you know, is something. I, I mean, I think in, implicit in him giving his support after having withheld it sooner is an apology. An apology would have been great. Don't yeah. get me wrong. In 2019, I am being more charitable in Fair. my in my assessments of Tim. Maybe <laughs> you know, I, I'm on board with you there. Um, and then as they kind of migrate outside, they go to the gazebo. Yeah. And I, I just I get the sense that from here on, I, I like this moment in this episode, I could just tell the writers are like, oh, this gazebo is going to be the the lesson learning moment area this is like the last two minutes of every doogie hauser episode where he's sitting at his computer in his underwear <laughs> yeah. typing two sentences in his journal entry that completely sum up the entire episode <laughs> and then in 20 years when he looks back on those uh <laughs> dos entries he's gonna be like what there's no context for this sentence <laughs> today i learned a valuable lesson about fire safety and friendship too why do i keep putting ellipsis in the middle of this <laughs> was i in my underwear when i typed this up <laughs> uh but he you know he does reveal his uh vulnerability here and yeah. that is uh seemingly to me uh, a big change from last season yeah um and I, I was really on board with it because it it is tim acquiescing to the situation rather than the other way around yeah uh and that was seemingly so much of what we got last year yes um yeah, like he he opened he used to openly says to her like, would you ever wish that you married someone else? Like, do you wish you'd married somebody who was who was smart like you are or mm-hmm. something like that? And Jill turns around and says like, you think I'm smarter than you? And Tim goes, well, yeah. And she says, the fact that you think that is what makes you smart. <laughs> like, it was a nice little moment between yeah. them. I, I completely agree. I, I thought that was very sweet. Um, and you know, I'm all for a little schmaltz. Yeah. Especially when it's coming from someone like Tim, who's normally anti, who's normally the opposite of Schmaltz. He's yeah. Schmaltzy in the opposite direction from being too manly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, then she kind of snuggles up against him and says a line that I have seen in promos and highlight reels from this show. Uh, I'm I'm proud to be married to a man who thinks that PBS is something women get once a month. And then Tim <laughs> responds, "I said once a month is." I said that once a month is the maximum amount of time, or like once a month is enough for PBS, and the whole audience cheers, like yeah, fuck public broadcasting, <laughs> woohoo! Yeah. Then they completely defund it. Yeah. Um. Uh. Then uh, we get a little fade out, and we go to our um, final scene, which is the living room, and Tim has packed uh, very sweetly for her a uh, go back to school kit. Yes. Which has the uh, let's see, it has a, a three ring binder with his old college picture on it. So you can establish no identity outside of me. And then he, uh, there's also the Tim Taylor or Binford More Power uh, pencil sharpener, which yep. sharpens an entire pencil down to the eraser in one second. And I want to point out, I, I loved this. Uh, it just felt like a little bit of screen magic to me. How it, yeah. Um, because, it, I mean, they really sell it with the sound effect. But yeah. really what it was, I, I don't know if I want to reveal the magic here, is like the pencil that she pulls out, is like uh expandable not even expandable it's um uh the the long part of it mm-hmm. is like a straw that's covering up oh. the smaller pencil and when she mm-hmm. puts it in and turns it it locks in the longer part and she just pulls out the small part that's smart. uh yeah it just it felt very uh you know kind of nice old old school screen magic yeah I loved it. Yeah, it was and, good. And then the and then the uh, well, and then the lunchbox. The lunchbox, which spits her uh, 
in a weird um you want to talk about precognition yeah uh there are robots i don't know if you you keep up on the the robot game these days but there are there's a new robot that was revealed that can take uh drink orders from people oh i think i've seen this you have and there's a video that comes around and it like comes by with the drinks on its thing and it shoots it up in the air and lands right on the table in front of the person bottled water i mean not oh yeah open containers i was thinking that would be a disaster yeah (laughs) uh it was pretty impressive but i mean that's kind of what it looked like it shoots this apple out and jill catches it right in her hands and because that's what i want from a lunchbox is one where i push a button for it to open and throw (laughs) my food at me in whatever order it chooses because reaching into your lunchbox is for chumps (laughs) uh and what more do you want for college than to even carry a lunchbox yeah let alone one with school time written on it (laughs) that's shaped like a toolbox yeah yeah really really nailed uh jill's persona there yes um we go to our stinger where we get some more outtakes. Uh, the outtakes are back, and they're always a welcome uh, addition to me. I feel like it's a good palate cleanser to go um, yeah. back into the real world. Yeah. Um, You're coming down slowly and <laughs> yeah. easily. Uh, Tim flubs a few lines, but uh, there was one that was very cathartic for me mm-hmm. where uh, the stilts are supposed to shoot him up through the drywall ceiling, mm-hmm. and the drywall doesn't break, and Tim yeah. just smashes his head. Yeah, um, that was pretty good. It was just, it was uh, something, it was a good way to, to say, thank you for that. I can set everything from last season behind. Let's yeah. move forward. Yes. It's a clean It's a clean break, and the thing that breaks is Tim's head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so we have a big question. Yes. For you specifically. What was the grunt count for this episode? The grunt count, in keeping with tradition from last season, was zero. What? No grunts. No grunts to speak of. There were, he got into a grunty voice, but he was always saying things in that voice. No. Oh, talking like this. Here's the thing. We show up for work, but there's no work to be done. Do we still get paid for this? I, I no, well, be, actually because of the government shutdown, this is a federal program. <laughs> uh, and somehow we were deemed non-essential personnel. Son of a bitch. I honestly, wild enough that we get federal funding at all for this podcast. So so I I'm fine with being non-essential. Uh but yeah, no, we when when there's no grunts we don't get paid. It's like deadliest catch. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to go out and catch your own grunts uh, if you want to survive in this world. You know, it grunt at a man and he gets grunted at for a day. Teach a man to grunt and he will establish a very successful sitcom. <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. Um uh so if you enjoyed today's show and want to help us create even better content, uh, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor on our Patreon. Whoop, 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 Patreon! <laughs> that's uh, our Patreon theme. It's got a more urban feel to it. Uh, yeah, that's right. We are starting a Patreon. Yes. We, we, we've we been on the fence about it for a long time. The whole um, time we've been doing the podcast. <laughs> essentially. Because uh, we, I don't know, but we, we've discussed of like... You know, uh, I can't speak for Truman, but, you know, myself has always been like, I don't want to ask for money doing a show about another show. Neither do I. Well, I just don't want to ask for money, period, unless I feel like we've really earned it. Um, But so what we're offering people that are uh, subscribers to our Patreon Mm -hmm. is a secondary bonus episodes, a a secondary show. These episodes have nothing to do with home improvement. Yes. Um, They're not really about anything. Yeah. Um, And that's not the same. (laughs) films. I burst through the door. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're really just uh, bonus episodes, you know, anywhere between 15 and 30 minutes long um, that they're just, you know, uh, anything, really. It's just Truman and I shooting the shit. Yeah. Um, and and if, so if you like 
If you like the tangents that we go on, if you if some of your favorite bits of this podcast are the bits where we're maybe not talking so much about home improvement, <laughs> then might I might I recommend uh, you contribute some money and kind of unlock this this madness, this yeah. new thing that we're doing. I don't know. I don't really know how better to describe it. Well, and you know, I should say that it's really uh, we're starting out with only a single dollar a month uh, for donors, um, so it's not even that much money. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's less than you spend on coffee every month unless you spend zero dollars on coffee or 99 cents on coffee right and that well i guess you can do that technically at mcdonald's now but yeah um who's only getting one coffee a month that's weird well i'm getting zero coffees a month hey there you go so yeah. put your dollar back in the show um <laughs> which is to say that any money that is going to the patreon goes directly back into the podcast um to pay for our hosting costs to do better content get whatever you know uh, bevy of um, cash flow that we need for bigger things in the future. Yeah, you know the the, the higher quality cocaine that we can afford to buy, the more uh, funny our <laughs> podcast is going to be. So, Listen, can you imagine the day that we can afford an air conditioner that for the be, summers? Oh my god, that would be. You would get our our podcast would actually get more normal after that. <laughs> oh god, if we if we could if we could not almost die every time we record in here, that would be amazing. <laughs> I have a feeling the summer's going to be brutal. Yeah. Um. So anyway. Patreon, you can find us there just by searching for grunt work. Um, we'll be getting things up and going uh, in the next few weeks and getting onto a consistent schedule. So I can't say for sure that um, the first episode is going to be released when this episode is released, but uh, we have it in the tank and we'll we'll get there eventually. So yeah. um, subscribe, donate. We appreciate it. We'll give you a shout out. Oh, speaking of shout outs, um, I do have two comments I have to mention mm -hmm. uh, that we probably should have put earlier in the episode. Yeah. Um, from listeners. Yeah. Okay. First of all, uh, I have a correction on my part. Mm -hmm. uh, I mispronounced one of our listeners' names. Uh-oh. Uh, it was not John Smith Smythe, though yeah. she is now in good company. Mm -hmm. uh, I pronounced her name Cheyenne. Mm -hmm. It's actually Cheyenne. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, and I'm hoping that I didn't have that written down, so I'm hoping mm -hmm. I remembered that correctly. Yeah. If not, remind me if I spelled it or uh, said it wrong again, and I will go do another correction. Mm -hmm. um, the other one is from a Twitter user uh, who has been a listener for a while now, named John Voorhees, uh, okay. a name that I yes. personally love. Yes, obviously. very close. Um, and he pointed out to us uh, the Grunt Creeps' first words uh, that you and I went. Oh yeah, and yeah, we, we went back and listened to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, we we didn't uh, comment on it. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of a you know we missed baby's first steps essentially. I know, I know. We didn't have the VCR out or, or the video <laughs> video cassette recorder out. Yeah. Uh, so so thank you, John, for pointing out that because uh, we didn't catch it while we watched it uh, on the episode, we did have to go back. Yeah. Uh, probably because we were so horrified by the appendages of the grunt creep. Yeah. That we couldn't hear it speaking over our own terrified uh, shrieks. Yeah. Exactly. So um, thank you for pointing that out. Uh, the grunt creep has speech capabilities yeah god help us all <laughs> scary as hell he's gonna have his own talk show next <laughs> um okay back to this outro uh if you want to help others find the show consider leaving us a rating or review on itunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts yeah um and if you do that truman tell them what they get they get to copy our homework for school i like it yeah i know Better hope you're in psychology class, because that's the only thing I wasn't a very good student, i got to be perfectly honest. I, you know, depending on the subject, I wasn't either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are welcome to copy my homework. I can't guarantee that it's going to help you at all. Yeah. Um, anyway, 
please stop by and say hi on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, where you can find us at GruntWorkPod. Uh, and you can find information on today's show on our website, which is www.grotworkpodcast.com. And while you're there, you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. Yeah. Um, we only send it out when new episodes are released, and there's a lot of cool, fun content in there. I'm getting excited to get back into that and uh, doing some fun stuff. So, yeah. Uh, with that, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And sometimes you feel like a grunt, sometimes you don't. <laughs> See you next week, folks. Yeah.